Greetings fellow captains and welcome back to Rank Amateur. Today in Rank Amateur we have the second part to the HMAS Perth episode. This time we will be taking a deep dive into her World of Warships performance. So stay tuned for that and more. But first, as always, we're going to start out with World of Warships news. And, well, I don't know if it's good news or bad news, but there really isn't any news. So is no news good news or bad news? Well, that's, I guess that's what uh, you're going to decide. Anyways, but the only real bit of news that's going on right now is the Black Friday sale, which, I mean, is pretty neat. Although they are selling, I mean, it's just kind of a cash grab for World of Warships, honestly. I mean, they're selling ships like the Alaska and um, Jean Bart again. So, yeah, there's no way that this was anything other than a cash grab. And they're also having the Potman B, the Yoshino B, the Saipan. I think the Saipan B is already existing, has already existed. The Lo Yang B. Um, yeah, or those, those I think are the new ones. Yeah. Anyways, the old ones that are returning, the old uh, B versions of the Alaska B, the Graf Zeppelin B, the Massachusetts B, the Tirpitz B, uh, the Jean Bart B, the Sims B, the Atlanta B, the Asashio B, the Scharnhorst B, the Cossack B, the Adago B, the Kaga B, the Tirp... And, yeah, okay, that's all the way back around. Um, yeah, so you, you get the, the impression that this is literally just... I think they do every year to get people who don't have the Massachusetts to buy the Massachusetts because it's a really good ship and yeah I I don't know uh yeah so basically I, I I I don't really like spending money on the game because it's like it gets really expensive really fast so I'm not gonna buy any of them but it's a good deal for people who you know missed out in the Massachusetts or something like that it's highly recommended um premium ship so you know uh, the next thing that's going on is the, um, combat missions for Novoryansk, Norovoro, whatever the tier 6 Julios are that Soviet is, that's coming in World of Warships, you can get it through, um, some, uh, whatchamacallit, excuse me, uh, you can get it through some, uh, Combat missions, that's the word I'm looking for. Jeez. Anyway, sorry, I can't speak today. Yeah, so basically, um, the it's going to start on the 17th of November, so it's already started, about um, 11 days in, and it's going to end on December 22nd, so you get just under a month to do it, so it's, I'm pretty sure it's doable for everyone. Um, I haven't taken a look at the combat missions myself, but I don't recall them ever being that difficult. Uh, snowflakes are back. Um, you could by just playing, basically playing battle um, and earning 300 base experience or winning the battle. Um, tiers uh, five to seven gets 750 coal. Tiers eight to nine gets 75 steel, and tiers um, uh, ten get a uh, New Year's certificate, which uh, will later be exchanged for. Well, you can get one certificate for a Santa's gift container, three certificates for Santa's big gift container, or in five certificates for Santa's mega gift container. And that's um, on tier 10 ships. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, super ships um, are coming, or they're already in, but you can, um, you can buy them. Uh, yeah, so basically... Uh, 
ranked battles, and I don't know if they're in co-op battles, I just heard ranked battles. But yeah, anyways, uh, big overpowered ships shouldn't be in the game, but they're in the game, so whatever. Um, also, I discovered that um, uh, through grinding for the Deseven Provincia and a uh, coupon code that I got through my email from World of Warships, I now have 40 million credits, and I have 400,000 uh, base, or no, not 400,000 free XP, which is a lot for me because I'm usually broke. So... Um, yeah, so I'll get a bunch of different stuff with that. And I also have a ton of coal, so I'm usually pretty bad at saving up coal. I uh, only got my first coal ship in the Pomern. Like I said, I just I do other things in the game, like grinding tech tree ships, and I just don't pay attention that much. And I have a nasty habit of spending it on low-tier ships, but now I'll be able to get probably a Tier 10 um, coal ship or a uh, Tier 9 coal ship. So I'm looking at the um, Carnot. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, the Carnot, the Yoshino, or, oh, Jesus, there was one more. Or, like, maybe another, or, yeah, the Napoli, probably the Napoli. Um, so just looking at those, maybe I'll, maybe I'll pick one of them up, maybe I won't, maybe I'll just keep saving. But, uh, anyways, so that's World of Warships news, and right now we're gonna go into the HMAS Purse experience in World of Warships. Alright, and I got all my stats pulled up now. So, HMAS Perth Tier 6 Commonwealth, um... Uh, light cruiser in World of Warships. It now shares that spot with the Mysore, although the Perth is miles better than the Mysore. Than the Mysore. So if you're looking for a tier six light cruiser, um, you're, you're looking for a Commonwealth ship, and you don't want to, don't buy the Yukon. Yukon's garbage, um, and you don't have the research points. I think that's what you need for the Vampire Two research points. Yeah, um, for the Vampire Two, then you should definitely get the Perth. The Perth is awesome. I love the Perth. It's my I think pretty much my favorite ship in World of Warships. It was the first premium ship I ever like purchased with my own money. Um, the other ones I got them for coal. Uh, the first premium ship I ever got was the October Sky Revolutia, but that's a bit of a tangent. So uh, let's go over some of the uh, the base stats. So your main battery range is it's not great. Okay, it's really not great, but it's it's not awful. It's 12.81 kilometers. Okay, so it is it is awful, but the Perth has a fix for that. Um, the reload time is 7.5 seconds, so I think that's right around normal. Uh, the 180-degree turn time seems a bit sluggish. It's about 25.71 seconds, but it's it's right around average. It's a little bit on the sluggish side, I think. Uh, the accuracy, you got a 2.0 Sigma. You got 122 meters uh, dispersion horizontal and vertical at 73. It does seem a little bit inaccurate, especially without the... Um, uh, the Accuracy mod in the third module slot, it does seem a little bit sloppy. I do think that's because the Perth is trying to, or the Perth crew is trying to plot points of uh, artillery fire with a bunch of venomous snakes chasing them, and not to mention the Sydney funnel webs that are all over the Perth. Okay, Australian jokes aside, um, yeah. So the, the accuracy is a bit sloppy. The HE is, it's, I'm pretty sure it's, it, I'm, I guess, I suppose the, uh, Leander doesn't have HE. I was going to say it's like Leander HE, but the Leander doesn't have HE. It's not particularly impressive. Um, it's got 2,100 damage. I'm pretty sure that's standard uh, for the maximum damage of the shell. You got 134.4k uh, DPM, and this is completely bone stock. Um, you have initial shell velocity of 841 meters a second, shell weight of 51 kilograms, depth explosion of 3 meters, the penetration is 25 millimeters. Uh, burn probability is 9%, the per salvo is 53%, and the fires per minute is 4.24. Now the AP, 
It's also kind of mediocre. None of these shells are particularly great, but they definitely get the job done. And it's they're not like they're worse. That like I mean, yeah, it's it's not um it's not Leander uh, AP. It is a normal AP. They don't get those ridiculous penetration angles or short fuse timers. Actually, the fuse timer on this AP is longer than that of the Dallas. The Dallas does get a short fuse timer, and I did not know that actually till I just checked. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But anyways, yeah. So. Uh, by the way, the, the guns are uh, four, you have eight of them, four by two, 152 millimeter, 50 caliber, Mark 21 guns. I should have said that before, but yeah, that is uh, the guns you have. They're, they're good. Um, I do quite like them. They see, they're reliable guns. There's no gimmicks about them, which is good. Um, I, I suppose there is a gimmick about their range, but the guns themselves are reliable. They don't rely on some stupid fire chance like Germans do. Um, to do the damage, because remember, German high explosive sucks as far as the damage department, and they don't rely on the stupid penetration mechanics. It's just reliable uh, high explosive and armor piercing. Uh, and the ricochet angles are uh, 45 to 60 degrees on the armor piercing. Fuse timer is 0.025 seconds. You got over. You can overmatch 10 millimeters armor, and the fuse arming threshold is 25 millimeters. Um, so torpedoes, you do have torpedoes, you got two launchers of four torpedoes each, 533 millimeter standard British torpedoes, so the QR, uh, Mark IVs, uh, yeah, you have, uh, 180 degree turn time of the standard 7.2 seconds, uh, you, so the torpedoes have a range of 8.1, or 8.01 kilometers, uh, maximum damage of 15,433. They have 96 second reload time, uh, speed of 61 knots, and a detectability range of 1.3 kilometers. So they're pretty much average torpedoes. It gives you a reaction time of 8.2 seconds. The chance of causing flooding is uh, 257%. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's decent. The uh, firing sectors are awful on this ship, by the way. I forget to mention that. They are... Actually, no, the kiting ones aren't too bad, but the... Firing forward with the rear turrets are, it, it's it's awful, and uh, the torpedo firing arcs are pitiful. Although they are better firing towards the rear, so you can dump them in your wake. Uh, the secondary armament is negligible on this ship, as it is with every other cruiser, although it is slightly better than uh, most cruisers at the tier. Still not worth building in, so we're not going to go over it. The AA defense uh, is just garbage. Um, this, the Perth has, like, one of the worst AA defenses at the tier. I think only the Japanese are lower than it. So, yeah, you won't be shooting, you won't be shooting down any planes in this ship. Or hardly any, unless you're absolutely, or unless they're flying straight into your flak. I don't even know if you have any flak. Oh, yes, you do. You do have some flak. Um, two explosions, and they do 1,000 damage. So, Yeah. Unless they're flying into those two measly explosions, which I've seen some people do, you're not going to shoot anything down. And there's a bit more bad news in the survivability department. Fortunately, the Perth does only have 27,100 hit points, which is uh, less hit points than I think the Elbing has. Yeah, actually less hit points than the tier 10, 9, and maybe 8 German destroyers, the large German destroyers. So, yeah, um, it's it's pretty bad. And this thing has basically no armor either. Although the belt can bounce battleship shells, so you can troll them sometimes to shoot the belt at a steep angle and bounce their shells off enough for you to get your torpedoes away or lurk uh, back into your smoke screen. Uh, more on that to come. The fire duration standard cruiser burn time is 30 seconds. 
uh, probability reduction is only 23%, uh, and you'll take 2,439 damage per fire if you let it tick over all the way. Um, flooding lasts for 40 seconds, standard. Um, yeah, probability uh, is 33%, damage reduction is zero. You do not have any torpedo damage reduction. Uh, and you'll take 2,700 damage per flood if you allow it to tick all the way over. Now the concealment, the concealment. This is where the Perth shines. Um, so at base, she'll have a 9.78 kilometer concealment. Uh, when firing guns in smoke, you have a 4.5 kilometer concealment, and when on fire, you'll be seen from 11 kilometers away. And from air, that's 6.4, uh, 6.44 kilometers. Uh, in smoke, that'll be 3.04 kilometers, and when on fire, that's 9.44 kilometers. Um, so maximum speed, uh, your full power forward is going to be 40 seconds, but it does have British acceleration and the maximum speed is 32 and a half knots. So yes, you will accelerate pretty much instantly. Uh, you got that weird British gimmick. That's pretty good. Full power backwards is 20 uh, seconds. You got a, uh, not that it matters, but the power ratio, if you, uh, if you do the math is about uh, 8.09 horsepower per ton. You do have a t nice tight turning circle radius of around 700 meters and a rudder shift time of a not too bad 7.6 seconds. And this is when the Perth starts to come into its own, is on its maneuverability, on the concealment, and on the consumable. So the Perth really isn't, it's not an artillery powerhouse. It's not going to survive any uh, being shot at from any angle by a battleship other than extreme angles at the belt even though they'll overmatch you with any even Sharnhorst will overmatch you from the front and i do believe that heavy cruisers may be able to overmatch you from the front although i don't i don't know i'd have to check uh the exact armor i just have a uh, will of warships fitting tool open right now and then i'm gonna put my build in to show you what there is, you know what's going to happen if you put in the recommended build before we discuss more of the uh, perf's strengths and weaknesses. Um, so you're going to do main armaments modification one. Uh, don't bother with anything else. Although you could do a uh, spotter uh, plane, which is going to increase your spotting aircraft action time. And the reason why you might want to do this is because the perf spotter plane is special. The perf spotter plane, by default. Lasts for two or lasts for 180 seconds, which is more than two minutes. I believe it is the longest duration spotter plane in the game. This will extend your range to somewhat around 15 kilometers. So yeah, that's uh, that's pretty nice. And then when if you stick that module on there, you can get it out to 234 seconds with only a 240 second reload. So yeah, it gets it's pretty special. I, that's one of the strongest points of this purse. Um, uh, consumable loadout, which is why you're not going to take the fighter because the fighter is useless, um, and the spotter plane is super useful. It's yeah, it's what makes this ship survive. It's actually a lot like the Weimar. The Weimar has a terrible range, but with the spotting aircraft, it has a, a really good range. This is um, this is more or less what the Perth is. Um, it's it's what makes its artillery not terrible for just that one reason. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you why that short spotting range, or short firing range, can actually be nice at times. Um, as far as upgrades are concerned, um, you'll probably want to go through engine room protection, just because this Perth, uh, the Perth relies on its uh, maneuverability and to get out of situations and, you know, to stay alive because it doesn't have armor. So definitely take that. You could take main battery modification 2 for uh, slot 3. Um, just to quicken those turrets, but I do recommend taking aiming systems modification one, or if you're willing to, um, 
spend the money, I would recommend taking, um, or spend the coal, I would recommend taking smokescreen modification one. Um, that's going to increase the uh, dispersion time of your smokescreen and add 30% to your action time. And I'll tell you why that's special and would be really useful. But if you don't have the coal to spend, definitely go with aiming systems mod one. And for the, um, oh yeah, for the fourth slot, don't take depth charges modification one. Just go with rudder, uh, with rudder shift uh, or steering gears mod one. And don't go with damage control mod one or mod two. Uh, just go with that steering gears mod. That's the best one uh, that you can take. And for your first 10 points, um, we're going to, for your commander, your ideal commander loadout, we're going to take um, gun feeder. We're going to take priority target. We're going to take uh, Adrenaline Rush, and then we're going to take Concealment Expert to get that concealment down to a mere 8.8 kilometers, which is tied for the uh, second best in the game for cruisers. Um, you are tied with the Tone, and the only ship that will, or the only cruiser that will outspot the Perth is the Huang Ha. And you don't typically see a whole lot of those, so usually nothing will outspot you other than destroyers and, yeah, other than destroyers and submarines. Um, and then, anyways, back to uh, the commander uh, loadout. You're going to want to take superintendent next just to get an extra charge of your smokescreen. Um, then you're going to want to take uh, survivability expert. Well, actually, either way, if you want to take superintendent or survivability expert, either one works. That's going to push you over the or just under 30,000 hit points you get 29,800 don't have to take the survive uh, superintendent at all or I mean the survivability expert at all but i really would recommend taking superintendent and you could take um uh you could take a uh, main your grease the gears for your main battery traverse um that'll reduce your main battery traverse down to 22.36 seconds some people think that's a waste of a point so you know you can take that I would not recommend taking Eye in the Sky. Uh, that's going to reduce the uh, well the advantage that the Perth has because it'll reduce her um, her spotting plane reload time to that of like a a normal or since her spotting plane reload time is the same as the normal spotting plane, it would it would be the same as any other ship if you reduce the duration by half. And if you reduce the duration by half, then you're also gonna or reload by half, you're also going to reduce the duration by half according to the skill. So you're you're going to get rid of one of its big advantages and that it's a light cruiser that can reach out to 15 kilometers that's not Soviet. So, you know, I I don't recommend taking Eye in the Sky, but I could I could see why you'd take it. Uh, don't recommend any of the AA skills. Uh, radio location could be useful. Um, yeah, so you really could take anything. Could take Demolition Expert. Um, yeah. You, that's I. I believe I have a twelve-point commander on here right now because I. It's a Commonwealth ship. It's my only Commonwealth ship, so I only earn Commander XP when I play the Perth itself, and not any other ships in the line because there is no other ships in the line. Um. Yeah. So, that's my build. Uh. As far as the flags are concerned, Juliet, Charlie. Um. Then India X-ray, Victor Lima. The those India X-ray and Victor Lima. You're gonna boost your. Uh, fire chance, Juliet Charlie, fly it on every ship I have just for the uh, reduction in magazine detonation uh, potential or complete elimination of magazine detonations. Then you're going to want to take November Foxtrot to reduce the reload time of your ship's consumables. Sierra Mike for an increase in your ship's speed. Then you're going to want X-Ray Papa UNOWN for um, your 
consumable action time boost, which is going to add a 15% increase to your smoke screen dis- uh, action time. It's going to put it over 103 or 100 seconds, so the consumable action time will be active for 103.5 seconds. That's just under two minutes of smoke, which is uh, very useful. And you're going to run Sierra Bravo for that increased hydroacoustic surge time, because remember, smoke screens are torpedo magnets. Um, and then you're going to go... Uh, actually, you know what? That's probably it. Um, you could take uh, Juliet Whiskey UNOWN for the increase in flooding, but I recommend saving that for your uh, destroyers so that when those torpedoes hit on your destroyers, which that's, you know, one of their primary weapons, uh, you know, you'll have more of a chance of causing flooding. The Perth doesn't really use her torpedoes that much, although she can stealth fire them if you take Concealment Expert. Because remember, if someone's charging you, your effective torpedo range is longer because from the point where you launch your torpedoes to the point where they disperse will be 8 kilometers now if that ship starts out at nine kilometers away but from the point you launch your torpedoes they or they close the distance to the point where you launch your torpedoes because they're chasing you they will end up with like seven kilometers or six kilometers which means that your torpedoes will hit them assuming you aim them correctly but let's see what this build does to the purse um stats so you're still going to have basically the same artillery, more or less. You're going to have an increase in fire chance. Did I? I don't think I actually said that. Oh, yeah. No, burn probability is now going to be 10% um, rather than your usual 8%, I think is what it starts out at. Oh, rather, it is uh, actually 9% because it's not over 160 millimeter caliber, which means that your boost will only be 0.5%. So, yes, you'll get a 1% boost by flying those two flags, which can make a difference. Um, and there's really not any other changes in the artillery, nor the torpedoes, nor the secondary armament or anti-aircraft defense. But with this current build that I've suggested for you, which is 17 points, um, you'll have a 29,800 hit points, and you'll have a concealment of 8.8 kilometers, which is amazing. Really, really good. I believe you'll even be able to outspot Edinburgh's and uh, Fiji's at that range. Not by much, but it'll give you a little bit of an advanced warning so you can, you know, turn your ship or sling her up to full speed. Uh, your maneuverability, you have a maximum speed of uh, 34.1 knots and a rudder shift time of 6.1 seconds, which is very respectable for the tier. I don't think it's best in class, but it is respectable and definitely usable for uh, throttle juking because of that Royal Navy uh, throttle uh, increase or the acceleration increase and uh for rudder juking because uh you know 6.1 seconds is pretty decent especially if you're being shot at by something that's flying old glory anyways uh yeah so that's pretty much it but for your consumables uh with this build you have 103.5 second consumable action time for your smoke generator you have 152 second reload time and you'll have four consumables and the smoke screen dispersion time will be 10 seconds the spotter plane uh will have uh a four five charges so i don't think you actually I don't think it's mathematically possible for you to use all five charges on that spotter plane, but you have 180 second action time with reload time of 228 seconds. Your hydro will have a four kilometer ship detection range and torpedo detection range of three kilometers, four consumables, 114 second uh, reload time with a consumable action time of 110 seconds, uh, which I think is kind of funny because if you pop your hydro and your smoke at the same time, your hydro will only outlast your smoke screen dispersion or your uh, action time by 
seven seconds or six and a half seconds. I think that's kind of funny. And you get uh, standard damage control. With this build, you have a 57 second reload time and an action time of five seconds. So what if you were to take the smoke screen module? Well, 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 my friends, you'll have a 134.5 second smokescreen action time or dispersion time or, well, like dispensing time. That's the word I'm looking for, dispensing. It will dispense for 134 seconds, which is over two minutes. Yes, you could be concealed in a crawling smokescreen, provided that you are traveling at less than a quarter speed and outside of four and a half kilometers from the nearest enemy vessel. You will be concealed completely. That is, um, that's pretty strong. So you can move around the map and reposition and afford to be more aggressive than, you know, a Leander or something like that for two minutes and be essentially immune to return fire, assuming that they don't blind fire you, which did happen to me once. Although I wasn't sitting in my smoke screen, I was sitting behind an island, uh... I think looking north or something like that, and some New Mexico from the, across the map had like two shells of his 12, uh, the other 10 clipped the island, two shells came over, double citadeled me and killed me. And uh, at this point I was not detected. So that was complete blind fire. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Anyways, um, yeah, so you'll be essentially immune to uh, return fire for two minutes. Or if you don't take the module, you'll be immune to return fire for... Uh, minute 47 I think is what it is yeah I think minute 47 and a half seconds so yeah that's what makes the Perth really really strong in addition to that she can pop a spotter plane have that up there for 180 seconds so for the whole duration of her smoke screen she can have an eye in the sky spotting torpedoes outside the smoke screen spotting ships that are trying to uh, come and charge her smoke screen and uh, she also have hydro which means that any torpedoes that do make it past the spotter plane will be detected at adequate range for acceleration and escape uh, for the Perth to avoid it. I think that's what makes this Perth strong. It's a consumable loadout. It's a bit, one could argue, a bit gimmicky, but it does make the ship borderline overpowered. I would argue that the Perth is basically a tier 6 Belfast, minus the radar. That is, I mean, yeah, and technically, I don't think it has as strong of high explosive, but that's more or less what she's kind of played like. As she sneaks around the map undetected, like, sort of like a destroyer, and when you see an opportunity to be aggressive or charge down an enemy ship, even a battleship at times, you pop your smoke and you charge in there. Now, this is not an exhaust smoke screen generator. You cannot go full speed and be concealed, although backwards you can be concealed. And what I mean is, if you're fleeing from a ship, right, or fleeing from a flank or something like that, and all the ships are directly behind you in your smoke screen, they don't have line of sight to you, right? That little oval that your smoke screen is, they're the where you, the points where you'll be concealed inside the smoke screen, if their line of sight goes through that smoke screen, like uh, they won't see you. So since the smoke screen takes 10 seconds to disperse, you can maneuver your ship in such a way that when retreating, it's effectively a full speed smoke screen, which is really overpowered because that smoke screen, rather than lasting like 40 seconds, was it? Yeah, I think 40 seconds for the Italians at this tier. No, 30 seconds, I think, for the Trento. It lasts for a minute and 47 seconds. So you have a minute, essentially, over a minute to get out of that area. That is that is what makes the Perth very good. And other than being extraordinarily squishy, like every light cruiser at the tier, she doesn't really pay for it in any way. 
that's what makes her great. And the Perth is just such a forgotten ship. And it's like people don't know how to play against this thing because let's say you're, I've seen times where, um, or I've had times in my Perth where there's like two enemy ships on the flank. Even if it's a battleship and a cruiser, what do I do? I pop my smoke, I crawl in there, and I get them a position that they don't want me at, like maybe on their flank or maybe behind them, and I sling some torpedoes their way and I just start farming them for uh, armor piercing if they're giving me broadside, because it does, I mean, it's not particularly special, but six inch armor piercing does hurt when you're giving it flat broadside, especially if you're a cruiser, and they just start gnawing away at their health, and it's a seven and a half second reload, but when there's nothing countering it, it it does get quite annoying quite fast in the fires it sets. Well, there's going to be a lot of fires because, or especially if you don't take IFHE, which I don't really recommend you take because battleship armor at this tier isn't great and you'll be able to farm a lot of superstructures and stuff and it just wrecks the fire chance down to nothing and fires a lot of the damage that you get with high explosive. I just don't take it. Anyways, um, so yeah, that is... That is what makes the Perth very strong. And how do you play the ship? Well, it really depends on the situation because there's no good way to play the ship. And I think that's why people don't like it is because it's a difficult ship to play. I would not recommend the ship to anyone who's new at World of Warships or wants a, a good, solid Tier 6 premium that they can learn on. I don't recommend that. If you want a ship like that, I'd suggest go looking at like the War Spite or maybe the Mutsu or something like that, something more forgiving. This ship is very strong. People say it has no carry potential. It has a lot of carry potential. I have carried games in this. Um, it really does, but it has to be in the right hands. Those who are skillful at playing cruisers probably already have the ship. Or if you don't have this ship, I really suggest you get it, because you can have a lot of fun in Tier 6 Ranked, you can have a lot of fun in random battles, and, not to mention operations, this thing is a beast at operations. Because of that full speed, or not full speed, but the, the crawling smoke generator and the spotter plane, you can literally afford to go straight at the enemy. And since they don't pop hydro, they don't have, uh, and they, they will flood your smoke screen with um, torpedoes, but provided you avoid those, you're golden. You can sling torpedoes at them, and since they always show you flat broadside, you can just sling armor piercing straight into their citadels and kill them. That's another thing that makes the Perth such a good buy, and it's cheap. It's what twenty-two dollars if you pay full price for it. And this is uh, this is available in the armory. And if you, I don't know, get a super container or something like that, you can probably afford to buy the ship just with that. I forget how what the uh, doubloons or drops for the super containers are. But you can afford to just buy this ship for free if with accumulated doubloons. That's what makes it great. Anyways, I, I kind of got off on the tangent there. But this basic strategy for this ship, probably the best thing I could do to like a, a formulaic strategy is you approach a cap, right, with your destroyers. You're going to be supporting your destroyers because you basically, you kind of are a large destroyer. You're, I guess you're a large Friesland. That's what I could put it to. I, I think that's a good comparison. You're a large Friesland. You don't you shouldn't use your torpedoes that much. They're not your main source of damage by any stretch of the imagination. Your smoke screen's useful, your hydro's useful, and you you just rely on being or shooting with impunity. That's what you want to do. So you go up there, you maybe find an island to just kinda like saddle yourself up against and then you see what the situation's like. Maybe pop a spotter, although I don't really recommend popping a spotter until you need to because that's um, that's one of your main gimmicks. 
And it's one of the things that allows you to shoot at ships that maybe are retreating from you, so you can afford yourself time to catch up to them while still pumping out damage. And you just kind of wait and see for, you know, what's going on. If there's a ton of ships coming towards you and you, you know that this is going to be a holding flank, that the flank you're not, never going to advance on, then what you're going to do is you're probably going to try to turn your ship around if you need to in smoke. You never want to show broadside in the ship ever. There's no excuse to show broadside in the ship because if you manage your smoke screen correctly, you can always do a concealed turn. That's also what's great about this thing. You can afford to push and then retreat. Anyways, um, but you're going to turn around and just going to kite away. You're going to dump torpedoes in your wake. You're going to make yourself as hard to get as possible. And you're going to just buy your team time to sweep around the back of the or to hopefully clear the enemy flank um that they're the pushing flank and then sweep around the back catch your enemy in a crossfire that's basically what you're doing it's i mean it's a bit like the benham in that respect you can you you can usually hold most of a flank by yourself just because you're a concealed threat that the enemy doesn't necessarily know what to do with right because they're not expecting a cruiser to just disappear for two minutes and while still being able to hit them that's the the whole like wait why am i being shot at from that cloud of smoke why is that cloud of smoke moving and why is it not dispersing people think that you're always going to be running out of smoke right and you're going to pull out the front of your smoke screen well that's never going to happen in the perth or at least it should never happen in the perth if you do it right um so that's that's the the threat that you provide now, if you're on the winning flank, if you're on the flank there, you outnumber the enemy or you're equal in number, well, I say you throttle up and start, maybe pop your smoke and start pushing in a little bit. I favor an aggressive play style in the Perth when I know I have the upper hand. You have to capitalize that before the enemy realizes that they're inferior and start to retreat. Because once, when they're still pushing forward towards you, that's your time to strike. That's your time to get in there, get some torps off, get the guns going on their broadside, and hopefully take a few of them out or severely damage them, and then plan your escape, right? So you're going to have that smoke, and then when that smoke runs out, you roughly plan where the smoke is roughly going to run out, dodge behind an island, turn around, disengage, get out of that surface detection range, and just go dark. And then more or less find an island, maybe sit behind your allies, and then, um, you know, just start farming again. So that's the purse playstyle. Now, it can vary from that. Let's say the middle is uncontested, the, all the team is uh, high out on the flanks. Well, then you may want to slip into the middle cap, take out whatever destroyer is capping there, and then go back into the, into the dark again. That's something you can do. You can afford to be very aggressive in this ship, but you you can't be too aggressive. You know, you can't run out of smoke, be stuck with your pants down in front of a bunch of battleships and still having to turn, right? The When you're pushing in, if you realize you're, I don't know, got 20 seconds on your smoke screen left, that's when you turn around and get out of there because there's nothing good that you're going to accomplish by pushing in there further other than dying. And I suppose that's nothing good so yeah there's nothing good that you're going to accomplish by pushing in there too far you can just get out of there get out of surface detection range and, and then recalculate and uh, regroup from there in every battle that i've played with the perth and seen perths on the enemy team who have been playing well they're an elusive beast they're sort of like the night fury uh, i don't know if you've seen dreamworks how to train your dragon but the night fury only strikes at night no one had ever seen what it looked like and they thought it was the most fierce thing ever, and it was, until it was caught in a day uh, by Hiccup, and it was seen to be not so fierce, right? I mean, 
it was very effective at what it did, but when it was caught out in the open, it was helpless. So that's more or less what this is. If As long as you're concealed and the enemy can't get good shots on you or can't get any shots on you, then this ship really shines. It has the equipment to do that, and it's really good at doing that. And it's, I feel like this ship hasn't really been power crept, right? Because there's nothing like it. And when the Commonwealth line gets introduced, or if the Commonwealth line gets introduced, maybe it'll be more power crept. But for now, this is this is a definite buy, guys. I don't, I don't think you should pass this up. This is. Um, this is a very good ship for tier 7 ranked, in my opinion. Now, people's opinions may differ. You may hate this ship. I feel like if you figure it out, though, once you once you figure it out, this ship is golden. There's almost nothing that can counter it. Because remember, tier 6 doesn't have long-range hydro. Unless you're up at tier 8 and you get a radar, or you have the misfortune of getting in radar range of an Atlanta or something like that, this ship, this ship has... Uh, yeah, it's, it's it can afford to be very aggressive and it's very good. Oh, by the way, um, little side note: there is an Easter egg on this ship. If you look on the uh, mizzen mast, so the aft mast at the base of it, by where uh, the first platform is, there's a there's a purple koala clinging to the mast. It's kind of funny. I think it's a nice touch the devs did. But um, anyways, yes, definite buy. Highly recommended. Uh, suits my playstyle. If you have, or, or if you want to be more aggressive in a light cruiser. I feel like this is a good light cruiser to learn on because of the fact that it has the, the get-out-of-jail-free card of that smoke. And if you're just a light cruiser fan in general, this is this is the way to go. I I really like this ship, and I, I think you guys will too. So I would, I would recommend it. Anyways, that's my review of HMAS Perth. I really do like this ship. It is, I, I've said this a lot, but it is really my favorite tier 6 ship by far, and if not my favorite ship in World of Warships, I think. It's definitely in the running of that. Anyways, please do check out my merch stores, and please feel free to email me with any questions, comments, concerns, or if there's any corrections. I do not think that I said anything that's incorrect, but if you find something, please feel free to email me. Also, if you have suggestions on a ship that I should do in a future episode, I'd be more than happy to hear it. Anyways, until next time, captains. (laughs) 